Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. Let's talk about how I can help you figure your shit out when it comes to all the BS and the trends in the nutrition and fitness industry. I am a nutrition coach that understands the hurdles that women face every day, as I too am a wife and a mother, which is why a sustainable lifestyle can't just consist of tracking your macros. Join me each week as I, or sometimes we, talk about everything from health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. The goal of this podcast is to have you think more about your habits and behaviors, your relationship with food, and for you to get really curious about where you are right now and where you want to be. If you've been struggling with your health and wellness and achieving your goals, you cannot afford to miss out on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B, and today I have a special guest. I have Allie Henry. We've had Allie on the podcast before. She's a registered dietitian. Now, here's the thing. I know you specialize in weight loss, Mm -hmm. but you specialize in a different way, though. Like You talk a lot about mindful eating and stuff like that with your clients. So even though people probably, you know, you know, listen to this before and know who you are, we've got some new listeners, I'm sure out there. So if you want, let's just start off with talking about a little bit about who you are and what you do. And then we'll jump into some amazing questions because Ali's, she's not a brand new mom. She's a new mom. How many years later? Gosh, uh, so my oldest is four. So (laughs) yeah, but I'm a brand new mom of two. So there's that. (laughs) Okay. So let's, let's talk about it. Like, tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So you're right. I'm a registered dietitian. Uh, I just had my second baby. He's three months old, I guess, um, time flies, but, uh, I do specialize in weight loss, but really where I shine with my clients. And one thing that we focus on a lot is mindful eating. So, uh, different than intuitive eating because lots of my clients have weight loss goals. So we're still able to pursue fat loss goals, but we're also working on building a relationship with food, uh, and then also making sure that clients are being really intentional around their food choices. Uh, whereas if they're just tracking calories, tracking macros, sometimes they get a little bit mindless because they can, right? Like they've got a, an app that's telling them everything that they need to do or how much to eat and when to stop. Uh, so mindful eating just helps them to have additional tools in their toolbox so that when they do stop tracking, they are able to still maintain their progress, right? They, they understand their hunger cues. They understand their fullness cues. They're able to honor those things. Uh, and so it really helps just kind of bridge the gap between tracking to normal everyday life. I love that. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about like your life, um, as a RD, um, a little bit pre-baby, what things were like, and then are during pregnancy and then post, Um, because I think it's going to be kind of cool to share with the audience, kind of like from your perspective, what you've gone through also too, from your expertise, because I mean, and, and let's be clear, Allie never once said she's like a registered dietitian who specializes in breastfeeding or pregnancy. Mm -hmm. However, I know she has the tools and the, um, the strategies that can help any woman that might be going through this. Plus, I mean, I, myself, am a mom, like many, many, many years, (laughs) My oldest is turned 21. Um, but I still remember these, these, um, the, uh, well, this, the situation, like it's not easy. Right. So tell us a little bit about like prior to getting pregnant, what was the day in the life of Allie? Like, what was it oh like, you God. know, and what's, and what changed? 
I look back then and I'm like, life was so much easier back then. Oh my right? God, I could do whatever I wanted. I had my own schedule. I could spend as much time at the gym, gym as I wanted to. And I did like, I would happily go and work out for a couple hours because for me, that was just something that I liked to do. It was fun for me. Um, and then the other side of it too, is like with nutrition, for example, it's just easier because you're not considering kids and what they're eating as well and putting together a meal that they they eat as well and I am definitely a mom who does not like cater to my child's every whim when it comes to food but at the same time I also want to be considerate of him when I'm making meals right like there's just more more people to consider in every decision that you make uh and that uh adds another layer of complication to things um and then I will say too, like before I had kids, I, I'd never been somebody who struggled a ton when it comes to body image. I was lucky that I grew up with a mom who never dieted and didn't ever body shame me and that kind of a thing. So probably an anomaly there. That being yeah. said, I felt like, so I felt like I was in a really good place there. Um, but pregnancy and having kids definitely like showed where there were holes in that for me and revealed what things that I needed to work on to help that become even stronger and to be in a much more secure place. So that was a big, like eye-opener, big test for me and just revealed a lot of like the struggles I had when it came to my relationship with food, because I felt very confident until I started gaining weight and, um, just got to a place where I was like, oh, I actually don't feel comfortable in my body anymore. And I had never felt that before in my life before I got pregnant with my kids. Yeah, I can relate there too, because I mean, well, I've struggled with, you know, disordered eating mentality, I suppose, because of my previous, I mean, before, before I got pregnant, I had been competing already, right? So I clearly had some um, relationships with my body and food already, like that were going sideways, but I can definitely relate because I remember when I got pregnant with Maddie and I was actually getting ready for a show. I had begun dieting and then like, (laughs) yeah, like, I'm just like, I don't feel good. I was nauseous for a couple of weeks. And I remember my mother-in-law saying to me, oh, you'll get your body back. Don't worry. Like, you know, those regular comments, especially they were said to me because of where I was, I was a personal trainer and that kind of thing. And so like Mm -hmm. the assumption is, is like, I'm all going to be like, freaking out and everything internally I was freaking out no doubt like I'm just thinking oh my god I have to house this human I have to gain weight like all these negative thoughts were coming in so the question I have for you when like before you got pregnant things seemed to be cool Mm -hmm. when in the pregnancy was it when you got pregnant that you're just like you were triggered into like oh my gosh like is this what's going to happen to me because obviously this is four years later because you are you'd already Mm -hmm. had grant but this time around though, like where in the pregnancy, did you feel like this negative, any negative thoughts were starting to creep in about like where you were with your body and how you felt being pregnant? So this time around it, gosh, it usually hits me pretty early on. So with Grant, it happened pretty quickly. Um, because you do, you have this, and I, you have this idea of how you want your pregnancy to go. And then also like being a nutrition and fitness professional, you kind of feel a level of responsibility because people look at you. And so you think like, oh, I should do it this way. Like I only should gain this amount of weight and I should be doing my workouts this way and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, 
and I didn't do it the way I thought I should. And so there was a lot of like guilt and shame that came with that. And then questioning your own authority too, of you have a little bit of imposter syndrome syndrome that comes up. So with Grant, it happened early on and a lot of it was kind of, uh, well, I'm going to gain weight anyway. So like, what's the point, you know, (laughs) and that's where it really revealed, you know, bad relationship with food, with exercise, and just showed how much of what I was doing was purely for aesthetic purposes, uh, versus health. Uh, so after I had him went to therapy, like (laughs) broke down a lot of those things and, uh, experienced a lot of growth. And so then going into this pregnancy, I was kind of excited because I knew I had grown quite a bit and felt like I was in a much better place. I mean, I was, I was in a much better place when it came to my relationship with food. Uh, and so I was excited to kind of quote, do it the right way this time, you know, and thought it was going to be great. And then got pregnant. And fortunately I don't get sick. I don't get sick first trimester, but I kind of have the opposite problem where, because I don't get sick, I do have a decent appetite, but I'm very tired. So I'm very fatigued and I have an appetite, but I don't have an appetite for like nutrient dense foods. I just want to eat like bread and carbs. So I, I typically gain a lot of weight, especially in the first half of my pregnancy. Um, and so that can trigger some things. And so I kind of went into it thinking I'm in a really good place because I'm in a really good place mentally with my body, with food, this pregnancy is going to go so much better. And then when it, kind of started to go the same way despite all the growth that I had had that's when I was like oh like what (laughs) like I was I was so confused and almost I was disappointed too I was disappointed because I thought I had I was so much further along than I was and so again more therapy figuring out you know what what's fair like what's reasonable expectation and uh recognizing that for me, like, I'm just not a person that enjoys being pregnant. Do you know what though, Allie, honestly, I don't, you're not, you're not alone in that because when people ask me, I'm the same way. I, as much as I love my, my daughters, Mm -hmm. I, I did not like being pregnant. I didn't like being heavy. I got like, that's what caused my varicose veins. Had I not had babies, I would probably never really have them as bad as I had them. Um, you know, like, and like, I, I, I was fortunate enough, like, even when it looks, when I look at my skin, like, because I was the overweight kid back in the day, I already had stretch marks. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have those things happening to me. I didn't have those changes, but gaining weight was a hard one for me because I was once the fat kid in the playground and it scared the bejesus out of me. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of thoughts about it. And I'll tell you, when you say pressure, absolutely. Because yeah. when I think about like, you know, you're a registered dietitian, you're supposed to have your shit together. You, you know, you know how to eat, you, you know, you can control all this stuff. And the same thing with me, I was a competitor bodybuilder. I remember going to uh, a nightclub um, to, to watch a friend. Um, I think they're performing or whatever. And of course I'm late in the pregnancy and I was like, I don't want to go. Cause here's me. I'm thinking the baby can't hear this loud noise and all this. I'm freaking yep. out. But I remember a couple of the doormen who I used to work out with at the gym. And I remember one guy saying to me, he goes, huh, guess you don't look too bad. I'm like, wow. And that hit oh me God. hard because I'm thinking I'm pregnant. How am I supposed to look? So if yeah. you have a complete straight, well, it wasn't a complete stranger, but someone 
who is like that making those comments, you really do feel like, oh my gosh, everybody must be judging me. And I'm a trainer and I'm a competitor and I'm a registered dietitian. Like these negative thoughts come to your head and you feel a lot of pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So in saying all that, it sounds like you took care of business in terms of like reaching out and helping, you know, getting some help. Are there recommendations that you have outside of that to help any women who might be going through those same thoughts? Like, was there anything else you used strategically to help you walk through your thoughts? Uh, therapy was like the, the start of it for me that really, really okay. helped. So not a fat loss coach, but just going to therapy and with Grant, when I had him, I mean, when I was pregnant, my whole thought, my whole pregnancy was like, I can't wait to not be pregnant so I can lose this weight and just feel normal again. And then I had him and it was like a flip switched. And I was like, you know what? I just don't, I don't care. Not that I don't care, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, that was not high on my priority list. I, I just wanted to be there and be with him and not stress about fat loss. So I took my time. It probably took me 18 months to fully lose all the weight that I had gained during pregnancy. And I was okay with that. It was a deliberate decision. Um, but therapy really helped me with that and just identifying, um, like my body image struggles and like yeah. breaking those down. Cause that's really what it came down to. I think for me mostly was body image. And then that was kind of driving a poor relationship with food as well. Um, so what my therapist did is she really just kind of helped me understand like where I was placing value in myself mm -hmm. and uh was that helpful right so I got a lot better at analyzing my thoughts and getting critical about them and learning how to um like have that what's it called cognitive not is it dissociation I don't know I, that, dissonance. cognitive what? dissonance yeah but like uh, just learning to like separate myself from my thoughts is what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I didn't do that before, which is crazy to me because I was 28 years old when I had Grant and I'm just like, how did I go my whole life without these tools? And, uh, I just feel like a completely different person now that I have them, uh, because I can, we, I still have those days. Like you still have bad body image days. You still have days where you probably aren't thinking the healthiest things around food, but I have way more tools in my toolbox now to just kind of like separate myself from it. So, so when you were pregnant and you, and you talk about like, you were the person who didn't have the morning sickness and stuff like that. And I, and I mean, I was one to be like sick for two weeks, not throwing up or anything like that, but just really nauseous, mm -hmm. but you had a, you were fatigued and appetite. So how did you combat some of that stuff? Like if you were super hungry, you were talking about like, you know, probably going to more of the hyper palatable foods. What are your thoughts on that? When women say to you, like, I just feel like I'm always hungry during pregnancy, or I have all these cravings. Um, because what we don't want to see is women dieting through pregnancy. Right. I would, you know, you and I both agree with that. So, I mean, but at the same time, we know in the back of their heads, they're probably thinking, oh my gosh, what I'm eating is probably not healthy. It's not helping me or the baby you know, all these negative thoughts. So what were some of the strategies that you applied for yourself other than just enjoying the food that you actually wanted to have? Yeah. So, I mean, giving yourself a little bit of space there to not be perfect because at the end of the day, like we're all doing our best, you know, and pregnancy is really, really hard. And I just, 
I look back at that time and I, I was trying. It wasn't that I didn't care or anything like that, especially the second time around. I didn't have those same feelings that I had my first pregnancy where it's like, well, I'm just going to gain the weight anyway. So I'm just going to yeah. eat whatever, like who cares? Uh, I didn't have those same feelings, but I was just so tired. Like I was napping every single day, which if anybody knows me, like I hate napping. <laughs> I'm not a napper. So I was napping every single day. I was so tired and I already had a toddler. Uh, and then like, we we're in the middle of getting ready to like list our house and sell our house and move halfway across the country. I had a lot going on throughout my entire pregnancy. And so I think number one, giving people the space to say like, this is okay. Like, it's okay that you're having these cravings. It's even okay if you indulge in some of these cravings and like allow yourself to eat because at the end of the day, priority number one, is like, you need to be nourished. Okay. You need to have good food in you. That being said, nourishment isn't just calories, right? Like it's also nutrients. So making sure that when you have the space to like eat something that is more nutrient dense, take advantage of it and also make life easy for yourself. So buy things that are pre-prepped, pre-chopped, like no shame in getting food delivery, those types of things or grocery delivery, because thank goodness we live in a time where that stuff is available to us. And there is honestly no shame in taking advantage of it because like your health matters. And it's, if you're going to spend money on something like your health is a really good thing to spend money on, you know? So uh, there was a lot of times where I think most people feel at least a little bit resistance to things like pre-chopped veggies or, um, getting grocery delivery and things like that. Or like I'm, I went to the store the other day and they had the, the pre hard boiled eggs that are just like pre-packaged. They're already yeah. hard boiled. And I w- would never buy them. Cause I'm always like, I can't hard boil an egg. Like, give me a break, Allie. Like you can hard boil an egg at home. So don't buy the pre hard boiled eggs. I can. Yes. <laughs> But if I'm more likely to eat the eggs when I've already bought them pretty hard boiled, than if they just sit in my fridge and then I snack on chips instead, like buy the pretty hard boiled eggs. My gosh. It's yeah. But you know what? Here, what you're saying is just, it's just the same basic stuff we would do in every phase of our life. It's just totally. different. Right. Uh-huh. So like, we just have to, we just have to look at what is different about the phase what you can control, what you can't control. And I agree with you. I mean, there are certain things, obviously when, when we're pregnant that we should be, you know, staying away from, but in most cases, asking for help, um, taking on like the, the meal deliveries, you know, convenience is great in this day and age. Like I didn't have that accessibility. And, you know, like the thing is like asking your parents for help, your brothers, your sisters, your best friends, like having people help you is a good thing. And I do think that for some reason we, as women think that we have to be number one mm-hmm. in motherhood and like, you know, being there every minute of the day, feeding ourselves perfectly. And God forbid we have the chocolate and then we feel guilt and shame for that. And someone will tell you that what you're doing is poison to your baby and your fetus and all these things. Like, it's just, it's just scary shit. It's like, mm-hmm. don't gain too much weight either. And there's so much pressure. So I really appreciate you providing that feedback and, and giving these the women, the space to really feel normal because it is normal Mm -hmm. to have all these influx of feelings and these thoughts, because guess what? Number one, you are a hormone changing machine. Mm -hmm. You're creating a human and it's fucking hard. 
I don't care what anybody says. It's so hard. Like I had mom Brooke in August and Maddie was in September. So I had babies through the summer. And I remember one summer, I want to say it was Brooke's summer, summer, um, 2006, it was pretty warm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, like you go through those heats and then you've also got the, got to put on your shoes and do all these things. Like it's already hard. So nutrition and even just movement in general during pregnancy, I I would like to say that we are very lucky if we're planning a little bit Mm -hmm. and and doing, yeah, you know what I mean? And I know that maybe you and I will get some flack for this, maybe possibly because some, some nutrition experts and RDs will say, it's really, really important to eat this amount of protein, this amount of carbohydrate, don't have too much sugar, like all these rules around pregnancy, but it's, but that's the same rules and restrictions you put in a regular ba- on, on a human without being pregnant. Yeah. So, and it doesn't work then. So why would no. you do it while you're like this hormonal, you know, I, uh, hormonal freak It's really what no. we are. We're, we're creating a human. So oh. I really like how you gave, gave space for that. So now that you've had you know, you're a mother of two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you at now in postpartum? Like, how are things going? Yeah, things are things are going well. And like I said, we it has been totally crazy in my life since we had him because let's see, my husband got offered a new job and accepted the position, I think in June. No, it probably was more like March or April. Um, but then they said they wanted us to move out by the end of the summer. My due date was July 1st and I had him, he was a week late. So I had him on the sixth and then, um, my husband came out before us and kind of like got the house ready. Um, but he was a month old and we, we moved out. So it's been totally crazy. Uh, and so I reached out to Sarah before I had him, because I was kind of feeling the same way of like, can't wait to not be pregnant. Can't wait to get this weight off of me. And I told Sarah, I was like, I do once, once I'm not pregnant, I want to have a coach to help me with weight loss. Um, and I also said, I might not come to you though, because when I had my first, I had him and then I changed my mind. So, so, um, but that didn't happen this time around. So that's the other thing too. It's like, I was totally open to here's how I'm feeling right now, but that might change. And I might totally change my mind. And I might just be like, you know what? I don't have the space for this, which who would blame me, right? Mm-hmm. Like absolutely, uh, you're, you're looking at a room full of like boxes and stuff like that. So like, you don't have anything on the walls still. Um, but no, I, I felt ready. And uh, I think I kind of needed something that was mine. And I also uh, am in a place where I'm not I feel really uncomfortable with my body. And I think one of the hardest things for me with pregnancy is I don't like to share. So I don't like to share my body, even though I'm breastfeeding, like I I just like things to be mine. And so when I'm not pregnant, even though I have extra weight on me, I've got stretch marks, like whatever it is, I have a much easier time when it comes to body image and stuff when I'm not pregnant because my body's mine and there's a little bit more that I can control. So, uh, so I'm in a better place there. And, uh, I will also say like newborn phase, I enjoy better than being pregnant as well. I know everybody has different opinions on that. Some people love pregnancy and hate newborn phase, but I'm the opposite. So we are doing good. 
and I have just been working with Sarah, my coach, to uh, slowly lose weight. So it's been really fantastic. I think we're about five weeks in now. That's good. So what about your movement? What's that look like now? Like with, you, with uh, you know, because before you were saying you were in the gym a lot, that was your place and you felt good about it. So where's that now? Yeah. So my pregnancy, I was pretty inactive. Like I was going to the gym periodically, but nothing consistent. This last pregnancy was really hard on me physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so again, once I had him, like I was really excited to get back into it. And overall, I've, I've been doing awesome. Like my activity is pretty much where it was before I even got pregnant this second time around. So I'm at the point now where I'm lifting I'm lifting four times a week. I'm averaging about 8,000 steps a day right now. And that was something that like, it was a slow build. Sure. Um, But for me, working out is something that has always been kind of my foundation that I can come back to that I can always rely on. Uh, And I also feel like working out helps me feel most like my future self or like my true self. Uh, so when you're pursuing weight loss, the more you can identify with that future version of yourself and that person you want to be the better. Right. And so it's been really helpful for me this time around to have that as a foundation for me that I can say, I go to the gym and I don't care how much I weigh or how much I look like, like. Yeah. How experienced of a lifter I look like. I just, I can go and I can do my thing. And it really just helps me kind of move forward. And it's just nice to have time to yourself. Yeah. So your three months, what are we, August, September, October? Yeah. Yeah, Three months. So when did you decide now is the time to get back in the gym? How many weeks was that after? So gosh, it wasn't until we moved out here. So that would have been, I would have been about six weeks postpartum. Okay. Yeah. Sounds normal. Yeah. 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 So, um, I had my postpartum appointment a little bit earlier just because we were moving. So I had my postpartum appointment at four weeks. Normally they do it at six weeks out here or eight weeks, maybe even. And, um, I had mine at four weeks and she was like, you look great. Like you're fine to, you know, do what you want to do. But we were also in the middle of packing up our house and stuff. So I waited until we moved out here and were settled. And then I got my gym membership and got back into things. And I was, I, I mean, I know this, I know strength comes back quickly, but even I was surprised how quickly things came back. That's awesome. So where do you find this consistency now? Like, you know, you're, you're still like early, it's still newborn um, stage in my opinion, right? Like you till they're six months, like frick, so many things can happen. Right. So are you, do you have any struggles or current obstacles in terms of this postpartum that do sometimes get in the way of your plan to go to the gym or even to even be accountable to your coach or to follow through with the nutrition? Is there anything that you can, that you have and what, what tools and strategies are you using to work around those things? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I had to reschedule this podcast. <laughs> this is our third time <laughs> because of, because of being a mom. So, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I would say like, get help. Oh my gosh. Like you mentioned that at the beginning. And I mean, I had it when I was pregnant and I mean, we had a nanny back in Utah and 
that was really helpful. And I would feel guilty sometimes because she'd get to her house. I would be like in my pajamas still, like barely getting out of bed. And yeah. then she'd show up and I'd just like go back to bed. And I was like, she probably thinks I am the laziest <laughs> like person. And she's like, take care of your own freaking kid. But like, I just, I just needed the help. Right. And yeah. so, um, but this time around too, I mean, we moved out here and I thought, you know, I had taken maternity leave with work. So my workload was pretty low. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of like do things on my own work during nap time uh and manage things that way and it'll be fine and golly it took us just a couple weeks and I was like yeah this is not fine I need help <laughs> so we hired a nanny and uh she helps take care of my oldest so I can do my youngest I mean he's like the lowest maintenance one honestly so getting help that way uh and then really being uh, very open and communicating with my spouse when I say like, Hey, I need time. Like whether it's just, I need time to myself right now. Uh, and then also getting help with other things like Amazon returns and going to the post office or grabbing groceries, or again, like doing grocery delivery and things like that, where normally I would just do all of those things and then realize I'm like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't have to do all those things. Like my husband can go to an Amazon return. That's right. Like, so um, just doing things to take extra off of my plate uh, so that I have the space to take care of baby and then also take care of myself because it's just so easy, especially in this stage. I am somebody who, who gets like really overstimulated and especially now with a four-year-old and then a baby it's like I I messaged my coach last night so she sent me my check-in and I listened to it at the gym and then my headphones died and I didn't reply until late last night when I had to go to Target after I put my son mm -hmm. to bed yeah uh, and I was like I'm so sorry I'm only responding now but I this is my first time I've been alone all day long so yeah. <laughs> you know and so it does it can kind of get in the way um but I also think like you, if you are open and you communicate about your needs, like you don't have to do everything. And again, this is where we as women, like we want to do it all. I want to do it all, but I'll go crazy. Like, like I said, I'll get overstimulated. I'm holding somebody or I'm nursing somebody or somebody's yelling mama, mom a hundred times, like trying to get my attention. And it can be so much by the end of the day, as much as I love being a mom, I really do just can be really mentally fatiguing and so um i i think just over communicating sometimes yeah you feel like you're over communicating but really like people don't always know or see like how much help you need or what needs to be done and if it's all in your head like you just will go crazy it's true and i think that like i i still like i mean it's been years but i still remember like the struggle is real i i mean because is essentially the the age gap that you have between your two are it's essentially the same plus one more year for me like mine yeah. are about five years and have it's it you really are going through a brand new newborn newborn stage and that's mm -hmm. how i felt like maddie was five and i got brooke and i'm thinking oh my god i've, I've already done this but it's been yeah. five years so it was a complete transition for me and 
asking for help. I still want to go to the gym. Like I put my life on hold having kids, like in terms of my training and all that, right? Like personal training didn't even pay the bills and, and all that kind of stuff back then. And my husband was going to school. So there was a few things going on in our life too, that made it more difficult. And you just got to reach out and ask for help. So I think that that's part of it. Um, and just being okay with that, right? Like, I feel like it's completely normal to feel overwhelmed and it's completely normal to have a breakdown. And it's also completely normal to say, I need fucking help. Like really hundred percent. And boundaries is something too, that I think many women and moms like do not understand how to set boundaries because I mean, we love our kids and we want to take care of them. And we usually can think like, okay, they need help. I can take a hit, right? Like I'm a yep. grown up. I'm a grown ass adult. Like I can take a hit. My kid needs help. But then at the same time, like you can only take a hit for so long. Right. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was getting ready to go to the gym and my son loves going to the kid care there. He thinks it's so much fun. Uh, but it was earlier in the morning and I was just trying to get out the door so I could get back home. And you know, when you like nurse and then you're kind of on like, okay, I've got yeah hours before I got to get back here. So I was like, I got to go. Like, I got to get out the door. And he had just woken up and he found out I was going to the gym. And so he wanted to go. And I was like, okay, well, we got to go now, bud. Like, I don't have time for you to lollygag around the house, like choosing your shoes and stuff. Like, we got to go. Um, and when you're doing that with a four-year-old, like, he, he'll he just get anxious and, like, upset yeah. that he feels rushed, you know? And so... Anyway, we managed to get ourselves out the door without too much of a hassle, but we're driving to the gym. And I told him, I said, bud, I want you to know, like, uh, I am happy to take you to the gym, but like, this is mommy's time. Like, this is my thing. And I'm going to go with you or without you. And you might be upset if I go without you, but like, this is something that I have to do. So like, even, I mean, he's four years old, but like, he can understand, Hey, this is something that I'm doing for me. Right. So like, we do a lot of things for you. We take you to the park, we go to the library, like whatever it is, but like, this is my thing for mommy. And you need to understand, like, we're going to do it. So yeah. Gosh, it's so hard. Right. Cause the guilt. Yeah. It's so hard. Like I even remember, like, even when I went to the gym, kind of like how your scenario where, okay, I'm going to leave them in the daycare, even yeah. though, you know, they're going to have fun. It's even the guilt of leaving them behind and you doing something for yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. I felt that way. I'm just like, how dare I like exercise <laughs> and feel good while my kids in the, in, you know, in the jungle gym, having a great time. Right. Right. And it does help that like, he loves it and he enjoys himself while he is there, but I mean, I don't know why we do it to ourselves and we all know we are better moms and we take care of ourselves. And so I just, I continue to remind myself of that too. Like I I can't, I can't take my, take a hit all the time because I will have nothing left of myself to give. And I do, and then I start to resent my children, which it's not their fault. You know, Mm -hmm. like I brought them into this world. Right. (laughs) So that's what I don't want. Like and that's why hiring a nanny even was really helpful because I was telling my friend, you know, having a conversation with her of, you know, I might be able to get some things done without one, but I'm more resentful to my children when, yeah. when that happens because I'm like, oh my gosh, you need me again. I'm just trying to get this done. You know what I mean? Whereas when I have the help, I can just let them be like, I can just let them go have fun and I can do my thing. And then when I'm with them, 
I don't have to be thinking, oh, I've got 15 other things that I wish I could be doing right now, but I've got him and he needs my attention right now. You know, I'd be more present in both places. So I think it's important. There's a a couple of things that I want to touch on that. And then I'm going to talk, we're going to dive into uh, for the last segment, a a little bit about the weight loss factor of postpartum. But what I want to emphasize too, is like, I truly do believe that if a woman is in a place or the family's in a place where you can hire help, hire a coach, get into therapy, if you have the means to do that, I do truly believe you should take advantage of it. There is a lot of like, like even for myself, there was a point in time where, cause I work from home, you know, that, and the, I, and it's silly stuff, but like when I was working from home and I had a client talk about this the other day about how she feels like she's always shifting into wanting to clean her house and not feed herself. Like she mm-hmm. needs to clean her house at that priority before she'll even have a meal. Like it's, it's, it's stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And my husband would say to me, he's like, listen, if you are so overwhelmed, hire somebody to help you clean the house or hire somebody to do this. Not, I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. It's kind of like hiring the bookkeeper as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Do you really yeah. need one? You know what I mean? So it took me a long time to say, you know what? I do need help because mm-hmm. when I was trying to juggle it all with, you know, like, and by the time we were here, so Maddie would have been like closer to like six, seven ish, that type of um, age category. And Brooks, like walking and getting into everything the house is a mess and I couldn't keep up and I'm trying to juggle all of it my husband's running a business I'm starting back into this and you know personal training all these kind of things I finally said yeah I need help and I yes I had people look at me like oh you have a house cleaner yeah I do yeah and I'm not killing my kids yeah (laughs) you know what I mean like I'm not freaking out on my husband I'm not wanting to jump off a bridge like and I say that very very carefully because there were times there were dark days of just overwhelm and almost depressed like moments because you just feel like you were doing everything but not enough still. And yeah. I feel like it's really important as moms, especially in those postpartums. And I wasn't even postpartum, but in those moments, this is where we need to talk about it and we need to reach out for help. And if you have the means, I encourage you to do so. Hire a coach to help you stay in alignment. I don't care if it means weight loss or if it just means accountability somehow, you know, having a therapist to talk about all your, you know, negative thoughts. Like, I think it's so, so important. And I really, really, um, think it's awesome that you have that, um, Allie, because a lot of women won't do it. Even if they do have the means, they just won't ask for help. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why we do it to ourselves. It's funny. I'll like, I'll kind of look at my husband too, because it's different for men and women. Like men don't give birth, (laughs) even if they're involved parents, like they don't give birth. And so the, but the men are better about having boundaries with themselves too. So it's just, it's funny too, because it'll be even like things around the house where my husband will have my son and he'll be like, Hey, can you go grab this for me? And I'm like, I'm such a jerk. I'm like, why can't you just grab it yourself? I grab it by myself all the time. You know, I can hold the baby and go get this thing. And it's like, sure, I could do it. He could do it himself, but he's asking for help. Like he just does it so easily. It's like, I could also ask for help and ask for somebody else to go grab me something too. But you know what I mean? So, I mean, if we need to look to our spouses or our partners to kind of like model what boundaries even look like, but they say it takes a village and my gosh, it sure does because a village plus one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
I, the thing that I always would tell myself whenever I felt like guilty about leaving my, leaving my sons with somebody else was that I was not meant to be there for every single moment of my child's life. I'm not meant to be there for every moment. I mean, my parents weren't there for every moment and I still have a good relationship with my parents. And my goal is I want to raise smart, intelligent, kind, independent children. That means that they are going to have to separate themselves from me at some point. And the reality is like, they still also know that their mom is always there for them. Like just because they have a nanny that might take care of them, they go to daycare or they go to preschool or whatever it is. Like that's good. They're supposed to learn how to develop relationships with other people and trust other people and learn from other people. Um, I can't do all of that for them and I shouldn't have to. So, I mean, that thought was just always really helpful. And I would repeat to myself, like I was not meant to do it all. I was not meant to see it all or be here for every moment. Like that's not, that's not what motherhood is. No, I love that. I love that. That's super, super um, powerful because it's the absolute truth because we beat ourselves up. Then if we, if we tell ourselves we have to be there and we don't show up, it's kind of like the person who says, well, I'm going to lose this weight. And they mm-hmm. promise themselves all these things, but they don't even look at what they're actually capable of doing. And they've set the bar so fucking high that when they don't meet, it's failure to them. And it, that's not, that's not actually real. Like you yeah. just bring down your expectations a little bit and what you know you can, you're capable of, and you will actually match that probably. And you'll feel good about your results and where you're at. So that's a great segment into this last conversation. And I thought I would leave it for last because we touched a little bit about it. You have your own coach. So mm-hmm. what are your recommendations or even if you want to talk a little bit about what you're going through, it's entirely up to you. But for moms who want to lose weight postpartum, like, is there, you know, even from your own experience expertise, do you believe like there's a, a right time, like postpartum? Like, I mean, I've, I've talked to clients who have come to me after having babies They're you know, usually I'm talking to somebody about three months later too. So Mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, I want to lose weight, but I'm still breastfeeding all these things. They're afraid that it's going to impact their milk supply. And, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like I'm told I should not worry about like, you know, like the whole like culture after pregnancy, like yeah. love your body. You, you grew a human, all that stuff. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. what are your thoughts on that? How does one approach this? And what are your thoughts on this? Because you do mindful stuff, but I know you also have started, you've done macros too. So Mm -hmm. where would you put, or what are your recommendations for women who either want to do the macro thing or do the mindful thing? Like, what does that look like in terms of like postpartum? Yeah. So as far as the first question was like, when would be a good time to start? And I think it depends on the person. So I mean, generally most women will lose some weight, just loss of fluid, loss of literal, the literal baby weight, right. (laughs) Um, that comes off and then it kind of fades out into, you know, any fat gain that you might have had over the course of your pregnancy. And I think for most people that takes, it can take anywhere from six to eight weeks. So, and that's kind of what I noticed with me, like, right. My weight stabilized right around like six ish weeks. And then I was kind of just left with like, just left. I mean, there's plenty of it weight <laughs> that I had gained <laughs> during pregnancy. Um, but then you also need to be considerate and you talk about like setting, setting goals that, I mean, I t- tell clients like these are compassionate goals, right? So like take a compassionate approach with yourself. Like what can you take on right now? Like what is manageable? Um, because what we don't want is, and this is where I feel like the culture of 
you don't need to lose any weight. Like mm-hmm. wait until you're done breastfeeding or whatever it is to try and lose weight. I think that's where it comes from is just giving women the space to, or just the permission to, I don't know, like fight against bounce back culture essentially. Yeah. Uh, but it, I feel like it almost has gone too far in the opposite direction where now you have some coaches that are like, women should never pursue weight loss postpartum, you know? And it's like, well, that's, that's not accurate either. Women can safely lose weight postpartum. Women can breastfeed and lose weight postpartum. Uh, And so how do we approach that in a smart way, a compassionate way? Uh, So, I mean, I will ask clients, you know, okay, like what, what are your goals? Like, where are you at? What do you feel like you have the capacity for? And I ask myself the same thing. It's like, okay, if I were to dive into a fat loss phase, knowing everything that I, you know, that requires of me and the attention it requires and the energy it requires, does that feel like something that I can realistically take on? And then like, what are my expectations going into it? How fast do I want to lose? How aggressive do I want to be? And is that fair? Right. Uh, And that's where, that's why I hired a coach was just to have an objective point of view for me to kind of help bring me back when, if I needed to be brought back. Um, Because we do get excited or anxious about the progress that we want to make and everybody wants the weight off right away. Uh, and sometimes that can lead us to make decisions for ourselves that aren't maybe the best. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I wanted to have a coach to just kind of help me in that respect. And then when it comes to like tracking and mindful eating, I mean, the two can exist together. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm tracking right now, I'm tracking my calories and what's been really interesting this time around, cause I haven't been in a fat loss phase in probably two years. So it's been a while since I've actively tried to lose weight. And I, I mean, even though, you know, you coach people through this, I've been through this, you learn something new every single time. And this is my first time where I feel like I'm the most experienced when it comes to mindful eating, positive relationship with food, positive relationship with my body. And then now I'm tracking it's just really interesting to see how my mindfulness helps me when it comes to tracking. And, um, like for example, last week, uh, Sarah and I lowered my calories, not because I wanted to lose weight faster, uh, but because I felt like my calories were so high that I wasn't being mindful anymore, you know, as, Uh, as a mom that is really busy, for the first time in my life, I'm experiencing the, I don't have time to eat where I'm like eating a couple bites of cold leftovers in my fridge before I go out the door, because I'm like, I'm going to pass out if I, if I don't eat something. And so I just need to have, you know, some random food, but my calories were honestly so high that I was getting to the end of the day, having tons of room left over and then being like, well, I don't, I don't want to eat, but I feel like I need to. So then I'm just filling my, my diet with like random crap throughout the day. Not that, you know, again, food's not good and bad, but I would just be eating tons of non-nutrient dense foods, feeling bad physically because of it. Uh, and then just like, not, it wasn't, that wasn't the goal, you know? So it's like, yeah. I, I felt so overwhelmed by how many calories I was eating. And I was like, I just don't feel like I need this. So we lowered yeah. my target just to reduce overwhelm and actually help me to be more mindful and more intentional. And it did, it helped significantly. 
Yeah. I think that too, like lowering the calories will allow your, well, I mean, when we're busy, we tend to not have mm. the hunger. Some people are different. Like some people will deal with their, their busyness with emotional eating, right. Stress eating or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, you know, we we're, we're in feast or was it fight or flight? We got a bear. Well, we got kids chasing us and everything else. We don't stop to eat. So it would make sense that possibly then some of your hunger cues will probably come into play anyways, then, right. It'll mm-hmm. be a reminder. Oh, maybe I should like, now that's where that mindfulness comes in. Like, even if you're tracking, if you're hungry, it could be that reminder that shit. Yeah. I probably should eat right now. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. I love that. So yeah. have you given yourself a timeline? Uh, so not really. I mean, it'll take however long it takes. <laughs> I, I am open to being more aggressive about it. And that's something Sarah and I have talked about is like, I'm down to be aggressive. Like I'm ready for the challenge. Um, but like I said, we're only five weeks into it. So really the first month you're just kind of finding your footing and figuring out like, okay, what's working and really what do I have the capacity for? Do I feel like I can take on more or does this feel like a good pace right now? I mean, the first month I basically was losing about a half a pound a week. So on the low end of what's normal. Um, and this most recent week I lost like double that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm in a place where things feel pretty good and I'm good with the rate of it. So I'm like, that's good. I mean, it might take us maybe six months. So that's kind of the idea I have in my head, but if it takes longer, it takes longer. If it doesn't, I would be shocked. So, yeah. And I think that's a really good message to, to leave people with is that, you know, there are a few things that I recognize when clients come to me that are postpartum and in, you know, the language that's often used is like, well, I just want to get back to pre-pregnancy weight. And I get that. Right. Um, how you got to where you are has a few factors, right? And and in a lot of cases, some of these people don't even recognize what they were eating prior to. They were just like all over the map. And so it's tough to even think about what that might've looked like, right? But for me as a, as a coach, I often say like, it's tough, it's difficult to say, because again, you grew a human, number one, number two, you are in a different phase. And going back to what Ali even said is like, what, what's changed? Like, if you want to be pre-pregnancy weight, that's cool, but you often, you have to acknowledge that your life is different. Mm -hmm. And so like, even though that is maybe possibly achievable, it might take you six months, eight months, nine months versus what might've happened the first time where it was only one kid or, you know what I mean? So like, you have to really look at the phase that you're in, in terms of like postpartum too, like how, like, even like, did you have twins? Like, what does this look like? How far apart of your kids? Like, you know, these things all matter. Where's your, your spouse in this, you know, in this mix, right? Like how much help do you have and what are you capable of doing? Because yeah, women will come in and they'll be super, super excited to see like, okay, now I've got my body back. Like I'm by myself, even Mm -hmm. if you're breastfeeding, you you're getting closer to maybe not wanting to breastfeed. All Mm -hmm. these things are starting to happen where you're starting to take control of your own body. And that Mm -hmm. excitement just gets you on fire. So the thing is, is that I, I heard you say that it's a choice for you if you um, if you wanted to go get aggressive and stuff like that. And I truly do want to leave this message with people that what Ali's saying is basically she knows she's capable. And so this is really, really important to understand that aggressive doesn't mean cutting all the food groups and stuff like that. It could just mean the deficit, but also I think for her, it might even be the intention. So, and I would ask you this question, like, you know, it's more, you know, like I'm going to be a little bit more, you know, either it's macro tracking or mindful of what my choices are, but also with my 
energy expenditure, like what that looks like, you know, like following through with my intentional plans, but also here's the thing, recognizing that that could be um, complicated because of surroundings. If you don't have those boundaries or non-negotiables in place that we've kind of talked about already. So, um, did you want to add anything to that? Um, Oh, I had a thought and then I'm kind of losing it, but, oh, well, just what you were saying about, gosh, I'm losing it. Um, but yeah, like being, when you talk about being aggressive, yeah, it's absolutely a choice. And there's a lot of, I tell clients all the time, like there's so many different levers that we can yeah. pull to get you the results that you want. And, um, ultimately like it is my decision, of, Hey, I want to up my steps. I feel like that's something that I can do. I want to do it. I let's do that. Or even like, I look at my tracking and golly, I'm pretty, I'm pretty consistent and accurate with my tracking, but, um, I have room to go out to eat if I want to, and that's never going to be that accurate. And so things like that, where it's like, I've got a lot of wiggle room and that feels really nice and really comfortable um, and kind of matches what my current capacity is. Now, later on down the road, I might be like, you know what, I'm feeling really solid. Um, we've got a really good routine in place. So let's tighten things up a little bit because I know that I can. And so, and that will probably yield faster, faster. Yeah. Results. Um, so I, I, I think, think what you just said helps. though, Ali. Like, if you think about what you just said, it's still applicable outside of postpartum. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like there's a point, there's always that point where as a coach, and I know you would say this too, is like, okay, so if you feel like we're not achieving the goal, is there anything you can do to improve what we're already doing? Which is Mm -hmm. essentially what you just said. Mm -hmm. If I can dial in things, you know, and I think that that's part of it. Right. And that's the phase, right? Because maybe right now you can, but Frick, a month from now, it might be chaos and it's okay to change. It's okay to change direction. It's okay to put things on pause. It's okay to delay because you can continue eventually. And I think that's the the thing that growth mindset of like, eventually you're going to get to where you want to go. One last question for you. And I'm not too sure if you, you are able to answer this because again, I don't know if this lies within your expertise, but I've had questions, um, especially like I've, I've got a in the past, I've had um, group coaching and stuff like that, but I've had the questions too. And I feel like I've navigated this pretty good, but when women are trying to pursue fat loss in a postpartum, but they are breastfeeding, I know science has said it's okay. Mm-hmm. So we know that it takes what approximately 500 ish calories for our body to produce milk, right? Is that, yeah. is that three to five, three to five. Okay. Okay. So if you were to, you know, um, have any suggestions around that, like the, going into a deficit does not impact milk supply. No, not necessarily. I mean, if you're really under eating, then it might. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that I notice for most people when it comes to milk supply is their hydration. So, um, like I, I drink like a fish, I drink probably almost a gallon of water every single day. And so despite the fact that I'm in a pretty large deficit, um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I do have to pay attention to my nutrition um, and making sure that I'm eating just my blood sugar will get low and my blood pressure will get low. And that's just like a tendency that I know I have. And if it gets low, then I just have like telltale signs. I'll get really hot. I get kind of lightheaded 
And that's when I'm like, you, you've got to freaking eat something. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and that has been exacerbated by breastfeeding because again, like it increases your energy deficit. So, yeah. um, especially in the beginning stages of just like, again, getting used to a newborn schedule and real life and running errands and everything like that. There were a couple of times where it was like, okay, you went way too long without eating. <laughs> um, yes. and so I, you know, had to be aware of that, but, um, otherwise I think the whole food thing is probably, uh, over-exaggerated. Yeah. I would agree with you. Yeah. Like I really do think that, and I think some women have to realize that breast breastfeeding is supply and demand really. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, that's part of it. It's not necessarily the nutrient value coming in, but you would have to be severely under undernourished for your milk supply to really take a hit. So that's just Mm -hmm. kind of like the take home. You can pursue fat loss in your postpartum and Mm -hmm. you'd still be okay to breastfeed as long as you want. Um, just keeping in mind that it's part of the deficit though, like that will, that'll, that'll occur. So be mindful of that. Like if you were even to look at your, if you knew what your maintenance calories were pre-pregnancy, you could settle in there and be in a deficit because mm-hmm. your maintenance minus that 500 calorie deficit yeah. of breastfeeding is going to be a or 500 calorie uh, burn total daily energy, energy expenditure. And then let's like add in yeah. all the movement you're doing and all the things you're doing. You're going to be in a deficit. a deficit if you knew what those numbers were. And that's the bonus of like, just mm-hmm. being either a mindful or tracking or, or having some sort of monitoring, even before you get pregnant, not necessarily during pregnancy, Right. You, I mean, obviously you don't need to even eat a super amount either. Like that's just a, mm-hmm. that's a fallacy too. We know that even in the first trimester, it's not really required. We are looking at maybe 500 calories over your maintenance for your pregnancy into your second. Yeah. By the end more. of your pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. So it's so, really not that high. I mean, if you think not. about it, like 300 calories is like a couple slices of bread. Like it is, you know, right? like that's not that much extra food. Uh, so I mean, if you're really nervous about it, work with a coach and they can help and kind of watch things. And I've had clients that are breastfeeding and I ask them, you know, how are things going? Is there anything that you've noticed? Like, has your supply dipped or anything? Um, I have never had a client that's breastfeeding, have their supply dry up while dieting. I never have. So, um, we pay close attention to it and, uh, we've never really had issues with it. So. This has been an amazing conversation. I one that I I'm so privileged to have had because I don't have a ton of clients that are, um, you know, pregnant per se. Um, but postpartum I do, I get a, I I get quite a few that are looking to get their bodies back and, Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So I really appreciate you sharing your journey, what life's been like. Um, and knowing that she's a busy mom, uh, ladies, like she's an entrepreneur, just like, you know, like myself and she's a busy mom. So, and she's managing it, not saying that you have to mimic what she's doing, but there's a lot of great strategies and tools here. A lot of great information. Um, so we are going to link in where you can find Ali, but I know that you are working on something. Did you want to talk a little bit about that before we go? Um, uh, you have something upcoming here. Yes. So I have my mindful eating course. So we did the first round of that in the spring. So we're doing a second round of it. Uh, now this will be my first time postpartum, but it's a mindful eating course. It's 10 weeks long. Uh, it's not a weight loss program. So we're going to start on November. I think it's sixth, that first Monday in November and kind of run it through the holidays. And I'm actually really excited about this. I was kind of, I was like, "Ah, is this a good time? Is this a bad time to be doing it because it's through the holidays? But honestly, like 
if you want good tools to help you during that time, like mindful eating is it. Like, this is what I always have my clients like hang on to when they're on vacation, uh, traveling, uh, and then holidays where things like tracking and being super, um, like on point in that respect gets quite a bit more difficult. And so those skills, those mindful eating skills become very, very valuable. So, um, yeah, it's a 10 week course. It's a group program. Uh, we trickle out the course material. So you basically have new, uh, material to watch every single week, along with some like quote assignments, uh, or exercises to complete. And then we also do a group call every single week with me where we talk about, you know, what's happening in real life and how we apply it to real life. So it's kind of like semi-guided. So I like it for that reason too. You have some independence, but I'm still there to help out. So that starts, uh, like I said, that first week in November and we'll go for the next 10 weeks. And I think it's alihenryrd.com slash mindful. That's okay, great. perfect. We'll Very put the, the information in the show notes. Um, I just want to leave everybody with this. Like Ali is your girl when it comes to, if you don't, if you're someone who's really like not into tracking, but really wants to achieve um, weight loss, but in a sustain, sustainable manner, mindfulness is a huge, it, it is a big thing. And it's what, what Ali is an expert in. So I recommend that you make sure you head on over to her Instagram, follow her, um, and touch base with her because I mean, I'm telling you right now, like that's, that is a tool. And I, I 100% um, think that it's one of the most valuable tools you can have in your, I don't know, your nutrition toolbox of life, right? Like, you know, you can macro track, but I also have clients who want to learn how to not track, right? Mm -hmm. And learning to listen to your body, it's a difficult one because I truly do believe you have to build in some trust and that takes some time. And these are the tools and strategies that Allie will be teaching you. All right, that's it. That's all I have for you guys on this episode. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag me at Motivate and Be Fit and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows the podcast to grow while helping more people figure their shit out. Chat to you next week.